Hey guys, uh, welcome on That Restaurant Thing, uh, that little podcast I started doing recently where we talk about uh, what it's like to have a restaurant or a food business or drink business um, in Paris because that's where we're located. But it really, I feel like we touch on things that can be applied to any, um, pretty much any businesses actually. Um, today I am joined by Mark Grossman from uh, Bob's, uh, the Bob's Restaurant. And uh, I am so excited because... As I was telling uh, Mark before we started recording this, um, I feel very privileged because I don't think you do a lot of these things. Uh, yeah, well, I've never done a podcast Here before. I mean, I don't get invited to a lot of these well, things, I, but uh, that's crazy. yeah, it's true. I don't do a lot of. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't do a lot of communication. I'm so excited because, and, like, and, and and you know, yeah, I'm ex I'm excited too, and and I think of you as somebody who communicates really well, so. Thank it's kind you. of like okay, it's cool. Might, yeah, this is great. And like, I, I, I was thinking about it on the way over. I was, you know, driving my scooter, and it was raining. And I was like, I'm, I was, even though everything around me was, you know, not great. It was raining. It was great. It was one of those Parisian day where like would rather be in bed. I was like, I'm so excited. I'm doing this because I, I felt without the whole like invasion slaughtering thing, I felt like Columbus discovering, you know, the Americas because like you very uncharted. Like you haven't. No one's really tapped uh, that brain or like got you on record about. Who you are, what you do, what got you here, why, why you're in Paris, who's Mark Grossman, what's your, you know, like this, I have so many <laughs> questions. Like, I was in the shower, like, it's kind of weird, I was thinking about you in the shower, but like, I had all these questions, you have kids, you're a bit older than me, and I was like, all these things for me are very interesting, and my only uh, worry is that we only have 20 minutes to tackle all this, so I say we just... 28, yeah. 28, yeah, 28. I like, do, do you... Do you often think about me in the shower? <laughs> I try not to, <laughs> but you've been a lot on my mind this, this past few days since yeah, I invited yeah. you. Uh, hopefully, it will stop once this <laughs> podcast has been recorded. Um, so, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's back off a little bit, back, back, back up. Um, Mark, we've been neighbors for a few years. Yeah. Our shops are on the same street. We're at 19. You're at number what? 15. 15? Yeah. And you were there b way before everyone else. So I want to open this podcast yeah. talking about that. I've been there so long that I, I'm probably one of the few people actually went to the restaurant that is Holy Belly 19 now. No way. Before it was Holy Belly 19. Right. I used to, I went there a couple of times. Saeed, I think he's, mm -hmm. maybe he's your landlord, uh, was running a restaurant there. I lived across the street at 18. Oh wow! So I really, uh, I really saw the block evolve. But yeah, when when I when we opened in two thousand and six, two thousand six, two thousand and six, there was Jesus. it was a it was a different world. I mean, I think there was already an awareness of Canal Saint Martin and some kind of something was happening for right, sure. Right. But those things happen relatively slowly in yeah. Paris compared to New York, where I'm from, uh, and it would be a few years before. Holy Belly showed up and turned. Oh man, the block that's more into, than uh, you know. 2013, man, that's when we showed up. So you had you had seven years on us. We had seven years. Wow, seven years. that's and that's it was, uh, substantial. Yeah, it, was, it was yeah, it was kind of a slow, but it yeah. Oh yeah, man, for sure. I, and things have yeah, things have kind of snowballed since, and you're definitely a big part of that. And but the whole neighborhood is also you see a lot of you know it's kind of it's definitely become a thing. On, yeah, on Chateau d'Eau. Last couple of years for sure, for yeah. sure, for sure. Uh, I want to go back even before that because. Yes, we are neighbors, and I run into you all the time, and we're friendly, and we know each other, and like I've been to Bob's a million times, and as I often joke about it, you guys kept me sustained when we were going through the many constructions and you know demolitions of the restaurants. You were my you were my lifeline with amazing bagels and coffee. 
Uh, but you're probably due for some more renovations soon, no? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a few months. <laughs> unfair. <laughs> Time to unfair. tear it down. <laughs> So unfair. Uh, no, with this track, it's really like strapped for cash. This is staying the way it is, man. Uh, no, but like, it's funny that, so you're, you're a big part of my landscape. And um, like I said, we, we go back, but like, I don't really know you know you. Mm. And uh, you can't really strike that conversation just running into someone like, what's your story? Where do you come from? What got you to do this? And like, uh, again, I feel really privileged we have that time to talk about it today. And I would love it if you could just kind of do just go back to the beginning and like where you grew up and how you got where you are today, what got you to France. Um, if you could kind of do that, that'd be great. In like 25 words or less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm from New York Okay. and I moved to Paris in 2000. At that time, I was a filmmaker okay. or aspiring filmmaker. I had spent a few years working on a feature film that I wrote and directed in Los Angeles Uh, and it was this project that was going on forever. It was kind of a catastrophe for me, but I, 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 I shot the film in L.A. and then moved to Paris with my French wife and was still working on the film, and this was going on and on, and I started having these different day jobs, like teaching English and translating screenplays, had a couple of kids along the way still working on the film. Oh, wow. This is like, you know, it's going on forever. The film thing didn't work out not i mean that film didn't work out i got into some some obscure film festivals i i i say it didn't work out especially because in the end i was not at all happy with the film that i made but i you know it's kind of had reached the point of no return years into it and, yeah. and had to keep trying to save it and make it work whatever and somewhere along the line i uh i had the vague idea that you know somebody should open a juice bar There was a lack of that sort of thing in Paris. And at first it was just this, this just abstract idea. Somebody should do it. It would be cool. And then it, little by little it became a fantasy of my own that you know I, sh I could open up a juice bar one day or maybe I'll sell a screenplay and take the money and open a juice bar. And, and I just had this kind of vague fantasy. I didn't, I'd never worked in the restaurant business. Um, and uh, you know, it was just kind of an abstract thing. And then one day, so I lived across the street. I lived at 18... Rue Lucien Saint-Pix. <laughs> and, you know, from my window, I could see there was this place for rent at 15. And uh, I visited the space. And suddenly this vague fantasy became a, po a real possibility uh, for not very much money. And I, I called my mother and I called my brother and I borrowed basically $25,000. Okay. And uh, one week later, I had signed the lease and wow. literally like put the screenplay I was working on in a drawer. Uh, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. But when I started it, uh, the fantasy was I was still going to be like, you know, working on screenplays mm -hmm. in the back. I had, a, I had a, a notion of what this thing was going to be like, which was very chill. Yeah. Uh, I used to go to this French cafe in Soho in New York called uh, Ceci Cela. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was this guy there, it's like older French guy. Uh, you'd see behind the counter, like reading a book and he had these kind of, rude, sexy French waitresses there. And, it, you know, and, and I, I just had this idea that like this, you know, I kind of wanted to do that in reverse. Like I'd be that guy yeah, yeah. in the back, like typing on my screenplay and we'd have a few customers and I would, I'd pay the rent and, yeah. and, and whatever. But I see the vision. As, as it turns out, uh, I actually, I, I, I kind of got very into doing this thing, uh, this restaurant thing. Right. So, <laughs> and then I, uh, Uh, and it took over my life and I just sort of, uh, and I didn't really 
and I didn't miss uh, the film stuff. And so, wow. That's, there that's, you have it. The, the I entire love it. life story. Well, yeah. Honestly, 100% true. I had no idea this was how it went down. So mm-hmm. so should, should it be called this restaurant thing? Did I? Did no, it's that it? restaurant okay, thing. Okay, okay, okay. Go. You yeah. know what? After like years of, of speaking of what I think is a pretty decent English, I still struggle with a this and that. So no, no. I think, I, think, I think that oh, actually when I was – I was looking for your Instagram yeah. name. Kind of, there's a couple of other things of, of, of this nature, but I think that restaurant thing is 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 well chosen. Maybe I'll, we'll yeah. just take that snippet of audio and I'll use your voice for every episode because you, you pronounce it much that better than I That restaurant thing. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we get a sponsor. <laughs> uh, well, I love the story. I mean, it's it's. I just love how you just stumble stumble on the on the space and, and and just made that vision happen. And so for people that listen to this and don't know you, uh, obviously you really did get a lot more into this than you thought because now you have uh, so you have the juice bar, which is our neighbor, uh, like you said from from two thousand three, two thousand six. Oh, yeah, six. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So six years after you arrived in Paris, you opened the first joint. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then there was uh, the bake shop at Pajol, which is amazing. The big space. The big space. That was that was much later, right? Because we were yeah. So or so you. Skipped a, a, a oh, step along the way oh, there, there because yeah, because it's so, kitchen. Yeah, I mean it's 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 an interesting step, but I, basically I I partnered up with a guy. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, I forgot about this French guy. Yeah, who you know, I do. Amory and and with this guy we opened up an, another restaurant, which was kind of a a, 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 a spinoff on on Bob's Juice yeah. Bar, which yeah. is Bob's Kitchen. Yeah. Uh, and then we opened up yet another one, which you're was right. Bob's Bake Shop, big place in the 18th. Uh, and then we split up as partners, which is a whole mm-hmm. story unto itself. But it's cool. We're we're friends. We do business together. That's good. And so what was Bob's Kitchen is no longer Bob's Kitchen. It's just called Kitchen. kitchen. It's not my business anymore. And we have Bob's Bake Shop. And then we've since added a third place, which is Bob's Cafe uh, in the 13th. At the and, cinema, at the MKD. And in in the MKD cinema. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, the, 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 the business has grown into yes. like a few locations. Uh, growth is a big one for me. I love to talk about it when mm-hmm. I have people. I mean, it's just number two, but like I talk about growth all the time because yeah. it can be done in so many different ways. Um, we've done it a certain way. Obviously, you've done it another way. Uh, you were talking about partnership, a partnership that was um, stopped at some point. And like growth is so complex and people just really tackle it in very different ways. Um, what's your take on growth? Like, did you want it? Did you just, it just happen? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely mixed feelings about it because it things... I mean, there's one sense, at first, you know, you just want to be bigger, you want to be bigger, mm-hmm, you want to be mm-hmm. bigger. That just seems to be some sort of, certainly in my nature, perhaps it's human nature, but I think initially you're just thinking, you just want more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, today, I have a different take on that because I kind of feel like in certain ways, uh, you, you, you make more money when you're smaller, it's more manageable. So start adding all of these locations. And of course, I've grown in a different way than you. So in other words, you've, you've You've grown on the same block, Mm-mm-mm. and you've you've created very big restaurants. Whereas I'm adding small-ish locations, uh, which has the effect of spreading me out all over the place, and this creates a problem of being too spread out. And so I think it, it can be problematic in terms of a a focus standpoint. And then something happens where you sort of feel compelled to grow. There's kind of this imperative to expand. And I think from the outside, people say, oh, multiple locations, mm-hmm. you must be really killing, whatever. But it's not necessarily the case. In some cases, I'm looking to grow because I need another location yeah. to pay for the previous yeah. location. Yeah. So there's a bit of a kind of... Uh, the snake that it's a bit eats of a, tail yeah, kind like, of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a bit of a trap that you can fall into where you're kind of like, well, I need another location because I got this big kitchen. I got uh, yeah. to justify those expenses if I had... And then and then you start to thinking you sort of industrially, we think, okay, if we were bigger... 
then I'd have these machines and yeah. things would be cheaper. Then I'd have a bigger, you know, I'd have profit margin because of the way I'm doing it now, you know, it's, it's too expensive. We're doing everything by hand, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. There's something to be said for having one place, honestly, yeah. like mom and pop, so to speak, yeah. being behind the counter and, and, you know, you can kind of play with the, you know, you know, play ball with the law. Yeah, 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 yeah. But don't you think that that model has its <laughs> limits, though? Because my brain, my mind, very, very organically sometimes kind of try and drag me back to like, it was easier before, it was better before. It was, and like, I fight that. I'm like, I fight that voice. I was like, you're up every day at six. You yeah. would go home every day at 11. It wasn't good. It was what needed to be done to get the business off the ground. And I had this very romantic vision of being behind the bar myself. For years, I thought this was very noble, you know, like in a yeah. samurai kind of way. I was like, I'm, I'm never going to not be there. Every day the shop will open, I'll be around. And then I saw the limit of that model when I just got tired. And plus, we were just, you know, really pushing for good service. So I was really trying to like interact with everybody and like spread that joy, which made the space what it is and make it a neighborhood joint and like know everybody. And, you know, I was putting so much of myself into the business that I would, I was after three or four years, I was drained and, and my service was dropping. It wasn't as good because I was out of juice. Yeah. And so I always try to remind myself that it was like growth a, we're French. So like we, from a very young age, we taught that growth is bad and like being a, a boss is bad and like <laughs> money is bad and, you know, all these things. So I'm, fight, I'm fighting that. And I'm also fighting the, the fact that, and I tell Sarah this because she's- was, And working was, a lot is bad. And by working a lot is bad. Yeah. You shouldn't be working so much. And like, and Sarah, she's always like, oh, but remember before, remember before, I was like, man, before wasn't good. You were, oh, you were working like 16 hour days. You were exhausted. We'd go home and just collapse. I often tell the stories that, and, and it's, it's a real story that for the first maybe three to four months, we have a 16 square meters apartment in 20th and all we ate was peanuts because we had a bowl of peanuts and we just go home and like eat a few peanuts and go to bed and I, I always <laughs> tell the peanut story because I was like don't fantasize about the past and this romantic vision because your brain only remembers the good things about that period but it was bad it was dark and it was a lot of work and so yes now we're bigger and we're dealing with other problems but our life is you know significantly a bit more comfortable you know so Yeah, it's tricky. I see what you're saying. I mean, there's a bit of this, there's a sort of a luxury trap thing where things keep growing and yeah. you keep having problems that grow with you and they're proportional problems. So the, 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 the problems that were big problems in the past, you think, look at them now and think, oh, well, that was a small problem. I, yeah. could, and I could handle that, you know, with my eyes closed yeah. today. Yeah. But at the time it was, it was the big problem. Um, I don't know, but I think there is something to be, there's is something sometimes... And know for myself, at mm -hmm. least, for example, a few days ago, I visited a location okay. that's for rent for a restaurant. And honestly, I have no business looking at locations at this point. <laughs> the last thing in the world I need is another location for various reasons, ranging from not having the money to open another location yeah. to having so many things that need to be done in the existing locations yeah, that yeah. what the hell am I thinking? So I think that, you know, it's just that the girl on the train, it's the other thing that always seems sexy and fun. So yeah. I, I think for myself, I have to resist the temptation to just move on to the next thing because yeah. the next thing seems like fun. Fresh and But new. the existing thing is a fucking headache. <laughs> so there's, 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 there's that. And uh, so these point. days, you know, these days I'm, I'm trying to stay focused on the shit that needs yeah, to be man. improved yeah. so that so that I can sleep better at night and so I don't have the 16-hour days and yeah. I don't spend all day heroically solving problems that are falling out of the sky yeah. because I've let things – because I've, I've set myself up for those problems by, by being scattered all over the place. So I'm in a kind of a consolidation mode. So true. That said – 
you know, one measure of a successful business for me would be that that business could function without me. Is that uh, the case right now? Do you, like, you still very much uh, well, I'm here with you. So yeah, yeah obviously, you know, yeah, we're talking. Yeah, 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 we're both here. So, yeah. that, you know, that says something in and of it itself. Does. So I think it, it's more the case today. I don't know how long it can go and, you know, but there's it, increasingly, it's certainly a goal of mine that, that my, you know, my, my restaurant directors, my managers, that people are autonomous and, 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 you know, autonomous in the sense that they're invested in what they're doing yeah. because, Otherwise, it's not a real business because yeah. I could drop dead tomorrow. And if all that's going to be left is some real estate, uh, then I haven't really done my job right. So I think that that's a goal of mine that the things work without me. And that's been a process to so, and, and if I can and if I can pull that off, then, you know, in a sense, the sky's the limit, because then sure, you can have multiple locations, yeah. economies of scale, spread the spread the love. You know? And I think that model as well. I mean, I try to think about it. I think there's a limit as well. If you want it to be some kind of organic and real, you can't have that many locations. And like when I look at places that have many, something's got to give. I mean, at some point, I, I just, I don't see it. Like 20 locations, 30, I don't believe that's possible. If you want to have some kind of like true DNA and just feel that it's somebody's place and just not another copy paste or cookie cutter version of that first restaurant. But that's just, you know, that's me. And like my very French brain, I'm like, I, I just see limits to everything because I see, I see Sarah and I just being so involved on just two locations to just, you know, I see this amount of sand that just keeps, you know, kind of spilling on the side. And we're just kind of always kind of pushing it back to the center. And that's two locations. And, you know, you have four and with, with, is it three now? Uh, I have three. Yeah. See, that's a lot. Uh, but I think I think it depends on how you define the 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 group of restaurants because I think certainly yes, there's the the McDonald's model. Yeah. It's not that old, but they you know they kind of invented this restaurant chain, and it's certainly a cookie cutter yeah. model. And and it and and it's 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 clones. So you're building clones. But you talked about DNA. So my my notion of you know the fantasy chain that one day could be is that it's organic in the sense yeah. that it is a shared DNA, but each each restaurant has its own independent personality and life. And somehow it, you know, it, it shares some things and not everything. Could that work? I'm not sure, but I think it's, it's, it, it, it anything is possible. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like, uh, none of this has been going on that long, but it certainly wouldn't be, you know, you don't want this kind of thing with the fake, like, uh, the fake quirky yeah, idiosyncrasies yeah. and you have the same photos on the yeah. wall, the same. But you know yeah, what's yeah, funny yeah. about Bob is that we often, like Sarah and I often talk about it, like when we go, whatever, and you manage somehow your shops have that flavor. And like, you just know it's a Bob's business for somehow. And like what you say about like fake photos on the one stuff, it's really not like that. But you can tell like there's a way of you displaying prices and like showing items on the wall and the way the, the coffee station set up and like it's always different but you always know that it's because it's a mess <laughs> well, yeah, but, but like it's a controlled it's almost pretty in the sense that you know I kind of I like it it's right. like you just I don't know how you do it like I just I guess it just speaks volume about where you come from and what you've done and who you are like I think it really infuses it really taints the, the you know the, the place and gives them that flavor you've managed that successfully I haven't been to the MK2 one but like the Pajol location and the one on our street I feel like are very different restaurant, yet you know they are the same, you know, and that you managed, like, you successfully done that. Yeah, I, sub I mean, I suppose some of that is just a reflection of, you know, a history of not delegating that well and sort of doing things my way or, or the highway. I think that, I think there's there's some, but I, I know what you're saying. I you feel know? like I, I get that in, in, in other places where I sort of feel like, okay, it's, it's, I do think it's important to have, you know, to have a personality, not that, that that personality be one way or the other. Yeah. But I think that 
you got to have some personality. Otherwise, it's it's yeah, you feel like absolutely, you feel it, and you definitely don't want to. Uh, you know, I'm always I, I I I struggle against, and I think you do too. So you try to avoid cliches and trends, but of course yeah. it's impossible. You don't want to spend your whole day trying not to be trendy, and and, and you know, oh. so it's a but it's a uh, you know you'd want to do things. You do things in your own way, yeah. I'll be like, I, as I was telling you before we started this, I, I really try not to prepare any episodes because, like, I don't have the time and I don't want to get into that game of, like, getting really professional. I want to keep that edge. And it's very convenient not to have any, uh, to, to do any homework before. But I have some uh, points for you today because, like I was saying, I'm so happy you came and I really want to make sure I don't forget any questions. And one of the points was really, um, it just says authentic and not faking. And that's the way I look at your businesses. They're very authentic and you're not faking it. And you're you're way ahead of the curve in, like, juices and bagels. And, like, now you say those words and, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like... 2006, you know, it was you broke some grounds in the same way that we uh, with Holly Belly when we went to the bank and were like, yeah, we're gonna be doing scrambled eggs or you know breakfast like savory breakfast at eight in the morning. And they were like, no, like that's never gonna work. <laughs> and now you know, it's six years down the road, you go back for more money, and they just everybody's like, yeah, 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 take the money, you know. And so, um, yeah, I feel like you managed through the years to remain very authentic and. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, yeah, we talked about this. That was on my list. I'm really glad we touched on it. Uh, origin backgrounds was another one. We talked about this. Uh, longevity is a big one for me. And um, mm, the yeah. more I do this and the more that we you know we clock in another year, um, I respect that. I respect people that I see too many, I call them shooting stars. You know, yeah. the, the restaurant opens and it's really high and hot and bright for a minute. Yeah. And then poof, it's gone. You know? it's gone yeah. There's a lot of shooting stars in our industry right now. And it's been, like you were saying, Chateau d'Eau and the streets near us everything's accelerating and it's opening and it's beautiful and there's money and it's yeah. fresh paint and you know and then and then I, I walk around those same streets every day dropping my son at school and going home I, I live in the neighborhood I work in the neighborhood uh, Louis goes to school in the neighborhood and sometimes I walk past the place I'm like oh it's closed you know it yeah. just opened you know and it does you, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. I, don't, I don't want to name, name names but like I have many names on my mind and yeah. and so the <laughs> fact that you're still around I think since 2006 um, for me is a, a, a major indicator of the fact that you're doing something right. Do how do you feel about? Well, I remember. Longing? Yeah, I can remember. Yeah, it's funny. I remember in the beginning. I mean, at first, you know, I kind of dived in without thinking about it at all. There was mm -hmm. no business plan. There was no. There was no. And I think that in a way helped me because if I had known what I was getting into, I might have been. <laughs> oh yeah, I might, oh, for have, sure. I might have been reluctant, but. Uh, uh, there's something to be said for sticking around. And I think the reference points in my mind are always like, the goal is really to create an institution. Like yeah, those are, me too. You know, there are those institutions, yeah. like, I don't know, Russ and Daughters or Cat's Delicatessen. Cat, yeah. You know, the, these places that have, that have, that have stood the test mm. of time. Mm, mm. Uh, and that's the ultimate, you know, accomplishment in a sense. Yeah, um, the, uh, but I can remember like somebody, like an accountant or somebody telling me like, you know, if you stick around for, you know, if you last five years, that was some kind of like, uh, yeah, there's that, uh, yeah. like thing where you have to get past the five years. And I could also see that the way that the law, that things would sort of kick in like URSAF or whatever, that after the first few years, you kind of have a bit of a free ride and then, and things start piling up at a certain point, especially if you start trying to, you know, follow all the rules yeah. and do things correctly. And it I just gets, it gets heavier and it heavier and it heavier does. and heavier. Um, and it can get exhausting, but I think the, uh, yeah, I mean, there's something to be, there's something to be said for it, but there are definitely times where I'm just like, I gotta get the fuck out of this <laughs> business. This is just, this is just, I just, you know, and there's times where I'm at home and my wife is just like, she's just like, well, just stop then if you fucking hate. Cause yeah. there's, there's times where it just seems like it's too many yeah. problems. Yeah. It's too many problems. And yeah. you just feel like, 
you know, between Ursaf and this one and that one. Yeah. It's just like, how am I ever going to breathe here? Yeah. You know, so what's the point? I just want to freaking, you know, take a, open a food truck on a highway yeah. or somewhere. You know, it's just like sometimes it's sometimes it's hard. But, I've, you know, again, it's like the point of no return. You get yeah. you get so, you know, you're so far in at a certain point. You think, well, I'm not going to. I had a I had a dream last night. <laughs> I remember my dream sometimes. I, I had a strange dream last night where somebody bought me out of Bob's Juice Bar. Okay. It was like a hostile takeover and it was this weird dream, but I wasn't like selling it and getting money. It was just literally like I lost it. Like right. this person was buying it and now it's theirs and I'm being thrown out. Changing the locks on And you. I was very, fu- and I woke up from that and I was, it was like a nightmare. I was like, I realized how attached I am to this, to this business yeah. where the thought of losing it just really freaked me out. But half the time I'm thinking I'm like a, it's like a prison cell for yeah. me. Like I'm like, get me out of here. I'm just, there's a hundred you know, hundred problems yeah. at any given time and it's too much. And sometimes, you know, it's just, my wife will just be like, stop whining. That's your job. Solve problems. That's yeah. what you, that's what you signed oh, up man. for. So stop, stop whining. You're saying so many interesting things and like, I want to bounce back on all of them. And all you hear me saying is yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I'm exactly on the same page with you. And, and I think my job now, I define it as problem solving. I walk in on a Monday morning after my weekend and I start fixing, solving, you know, uh, paying and getting on the phone, and that's that's what we do. And um, I already have that with two locations. I can only imagine with three and staff, and especially being in France. Um, and it's funny how your brain is always like half thinking about the business, and half of your brain is thinking about exit strategies. It's funny, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, but you don't want to leave. But like your brain is like almost a survival. Is like, well, we could do this, and like you know, how much could we get if we get out now? And I think it's all very like, I think it's, it makes sense because it gets just so much sometimes, and like you're your body and brain is like let's go like let's just and I have all these fantasies about like taking the money and doing this and doing that and we talked about having like a restaurant on, on the ski resort oh, yeah we could go skiing before service and like and, and it's just none of it is real it's just your brain blocking all the realness and all the stuff you really have to take care of and like you, you allow yourself a break mentally and you're like oh yeah we could do that and start these very charming little like bed and breakfast there and I, but it will be work it would be and then you just like I, what I do I just sit down and I was like well if you did this like even with the food truck on the highway mm. you would have shit to deal you would be sure. working a lot so but the brain is just you know when you go for a jog like when you go running I'm, I'm trying to like start running again on Saturdays and, and my brain is so good at making all these excuses about let's not do it um, the brain is just so very talented at just blocking things that it doesn't want to see. And I always force myself to be like, okay, well, let's just play this out. You know, you sell the businesses, you make X, um, you have to pay X in taxes, X is left for you. What do you do with it? Open a new restaurant. Well, you have to staff, you have to do this, you have to do that. Back, back in the same, yeah, on the it's same like, horse. It's like getting divorced, you know, you're going to get divorced, you know, find a new partner. Yeah. And... And find yourself right back facing yourself all over again. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing where I feel attached to the business because people be like, are you happy? And I'm like, well, I'm not happy in the sense that I'm like, feel good. Yeah. You know, walking around happy, but I'm where I need to be. Like, this is like, I'm dealing with, and most of my problems at the end of the day come from me. So it's like, you know, my, this is the challenge. This is a perfect challenge for me. It's not necessarily the one I was planning on having. When I wanted to be, you know, a filmmaker or something, but this is the one life gave me, and it's perfect. I have all of my shit to deal with every single day, yeah. and if I can deal with this stuff, I'm good. And if yeah. I can't deal with it, it's because of me. It's not because of the, you know, the guy who's, you know, an Harry Maledi or yeah. the, 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 you know, the one legal thing or another legal yeah. thing that that's coming down on me. Those, that's life. You that's know, true. That's, it, would, yeah. it would follow me wherever I would go. So. 
Man, that's it's, it's so interesting. And like I've, I've talked to other restaurateurs, and like it's it, we all struggle. We all like find that balance between being very fulfilled in what we do, and like we're our own bosses, and like we create spaces that we want to create, and we do what we want to do. And and I think the price there's a price to pay. I mean, nothing's free, and I think the the price to pay for that freedom. I mean, I'm off work Friday three p.m. I drive off to my house, which I just got in July. And let's be honest, this is very cool. I'm I'm 33, and I'm I'm it's it's luxurious to have a place in the country, and I get to drive back on Monday morning, and on Saturday and Sunday the businesses are running and doing really well. And so, when I get when I start pitying myself, I'm like, oh, all the work and all the pressure and all the you know, it's really hard. And like you know, I've got you know, the white hair is coming on the side of my head, and like shut up like you know life is really good you know you have a bit of money you have a beautiful son you know you your businesses are making a difference it's like stop whining but whining is unavoidable because we stack up so much pressure and problems but you always have to go back to like yeah but like mate come on you know you just do whatever you want to do and of course you're gonna have to pay price for that nothing's free like otherwise everybody would be doing it you know it's also that that ver- what would freedom look like it would look like something like retirement or exactly. something and, and I don't like, want that. And that yeah. would just be, that would, you know, that seems even you're more right. horrible to yeah, me. Yeah, you're like, right. You know, if you had all of those luxuries without the problems, then you're what are you doing all day? Oh, just you're like so right. crossword puzzles? I mean, it's not, it's like, what's the... You're 100, you know... When and then I'm, you can just, then you can just worry about dying and worry about <laughs> medical problems and no, worry, we, about, you know, you, worry about, you know, worry about... You know, like when, when we, um, it's funny because like when I used to have no time off, like working seven days and like when I had half a day off, that flavor of the half day off was everything. It was yeah. like I worked six and a half days and I would sit down for a coffee at 10 bells and just like that, just sitting there in the cold outside with my coffee and like a sausage roll was like, it was, you know, it was exhilarating. And then when I started having a bit more time off, well, then time off didn't taste the same because it was, you know, it was guaranteed. I, you know, I had a son, I had to take two days off and like it, I knew it was always coming on Friday night. I had started having civilians day off. And it's just the, the flavor of my day off changes. It's almost something you could taste, you know? And like, it's like you're saying, we have to pay the price for whatever ups, upsides having a business have. Well, you're right. If you have just a good size without the shit, it just, it wouldn't feel as good, I believe, you know? Yeah. Well, the all- problem for me is if I, I, it's not these days, not having the days off per se is being able to shut my brain off yeah, no, when I'm on the days off. Or, not possible. Or to be with my children when I'm with my children and not look at the freaking WhatsApp that's going to be, you know, it's always got a bunch of problems for me to choose yeah. from. It's like, oh, the freezer is broken. It's oh, hard. I don't think it's you possible. You got a letter recommendé. It's just like, <laughs> it's like, what now? You know, it's yeah, those a, letters are the worst. It's always bad news. Oh, I hate, I hate, I hate when news. it's a letter recommendé. I'm just like, what is it? What's yeah. inside? Who you wants, know? how much do you want it? Who are you? And what did I do? Oh, it's always bad news. But like, I'm, and you know, I want this podcast to be for us and for me and for you and for everyone who aspires to maybe be a restaurant, restaurant owner or people that are, have restaurants. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Run. Keep that Uh, advertising job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But um, I lost that train of thought. It's (laughs) it's worth it. Uh, No, but it's, um, yeah, it's shutting your brain off. I don't think you need to give that up. The minute you're like, okay, I'm buying this restaurant, like you did when you visited that restaurant on on Sampex and like started doing that, you, I feel like the only moment when we'll have a, a clear free mind will be when we do sell the business. And like, I think thinking you're able to like leave everything in the office on Friday night or whenever you take a, a, day, a couple of days off and just going on a weekend for us as restaurant owners is a fantasy. And I, I mean, if you do it and if you manage to do it, uh, email me please uh, and tell me how you do it. I don't believe that you can just leave your shit at work on, on, on days off. 
It's hard. I mean, yeah. Although I have found for some reason, I'm always, I'm surprised when the brain does turn off and I have found for some reason when I go like physically far away, like we mm. went to, we went to the States this yeah. summer for yeah. three weeks. That was beautiful. And it was, it was, it actually like, I'm like, wow, I've just spent like five hours. I didn't think about the business. Like, yeah. I, and it somehow, it, it seems, it can start to seem far away yeah. and I can start to feel like I want to feel about it, which is like. I always like to think of my, myself as like I woke up in, in someone else's body mm. like that. Mm. For some reason, that helps me. And I'm like, well, imagine I just woke up in Mark Grossman's body. And it's like I wouldn't be so attached to all this stuff. I'd be like, okay, he's got these problems. He's got these good things. He's got these bad things. He's going to deal with it. But it's not my problem. I just woke up in this body. Yeah. And I can feel like that sometimes when I'm physically far away. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes, and that's the real goal is even when I'm not physically far away, I'm not. I'm somehow not worrying about the stuff. Like I can just – I can let go, but it's that that's you know that to me is like that's the hard part. No, now. but like, you, I think you're right. Yeah. You touched on something. I think physical distance from the business is a must, and like it was 95% of the reason why we bought a house two hours away from Paris. It was like if we'd stayed in Paris on Saturdays and Sundays, we'd drop by the shop, we'd just you know have a coffee, just you know oh, we're just gonna say hello, and then you stay and you fix a fridge and you start you know working on next week's menu and like oh yeah we didn't get that order and like oh yeah Nico and this and that. And you don't have a weekend and then Monday shows up and you you are again. And so we, we just sat down and were like, we need to physically, like you said, put distance. Our body need to be away from the businesses so that our minds can relax, you know, yeah. and it's only two hours, but it does make the difference because I, I put my phone away. The phone is honestly a big one. And like, I, I just, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I just, Airplane mode, whatever happens. And I'll check tonight. And hopefully the shop won't be burning down. But uh, you need to disconnect and you need to physically be somewhere else. And that's helping. But my brain is always running about what we need to do, why it's not working. Like 19 is being a little rebellious at the moment and not as busy as I'd like it to be. And I can't just stop thinking about that on Saturdays, Sundays. You know, you can't schedule your brain like, oh, we'll we'll pick that up on Monday. You know, Mm. I wish. But yeah, it's that's, a challenge. It's a challenge. It's a yeah. challenge. It's, it's so interesting, man. Like yeah. I, time is running out, which is the bittersweet side of this podcast. I could honestly keep talking about all this for days. Um, I'm feel pretty good because we talked about a lot of things on my list, uh, and maybe we can have you back and tackle the next one some other time. Anytime, man. Thank my you. pleasure. It was it was great. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Touch on before we wrap this up. Um. No, I mean, I could plug something. Yeah, like, plug, plug, man. Oh, please, okay, please, plug please, 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 please. So please. I'm going to start. I mean, this is kind of, it kind of relates to this, but I've been, uh, I've been myself sort of dealing with issues of, of, of disconnecting and I've been playing with the sort of notion of Shabbat, which is the Jewish tradition of, of not working for one day. Okay. It comes out of my own, my own, what we've just been talking about, my inability to, to turn off my brain and stop working and trying to create sort of concrete barriers. All of that is to say that I'm going to be starting in um, in April uh, with the Jewish uh, with Pesach, which is the you know the Jewish Easter. Uh, I'm going to start uh, some kind of experimental evening thing out of Bob's Bake Shop that is meant to be kind of a you know kind of a family casual dinner thing that for me will be some some uh, attempt to 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 bring some more joy and experimentation into uh, into the business or, or you know, so sort of try to bridge the, the divide between this kind of home disconnect mm. and this business thing with, with all of the pressures to to deliver in the business. So that's going to be going on. It's called milshig, okay. uh, which is a Yiddish word referring to uh, non-meat 
uh, food, uh, which includes vegetarian and also dairy stuff. And that's going to be going on starting on the first night of Passover, uh, which I think might be April 8th. Okay. We can find infos online. I'll put stuff out yeah, there, stuff but out. it's called Milshig, but it's, you know, that might be something for for your kind of, uh, that sounds for your, your people might yeah, man, be interested. That, yeah, man, that sounds so good. And yeah. um, um, the more we talk, the more I realize, like, we didn't talk about being a dad, and, like, I wanted to talk about bagels, like, really, just because you really got into your, ba- like, I saw you, like, you make them, and you bought all this equipment yeah. that you brought to bake shop. Oh, man, yeah, there's so much we need to talk about, but, like, we, we yeah, need to we do it. Yeah, we talk about that, yeah, yeah. You're an interesting man. As you are, <laughs> as are you, yeah. So, yeah. Well, Mark, thank, thank you, very you much, so huh? much. Yeah. Um, keep it up. You're, love Anytime. You thank Thanks. you so much. Uh, and guys, I'll see you next time on the next episode of That Restaurant Thing. Uh, I have no idea where the next guest is. It's actually called That Restaurant Thing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Catch you next time. Bye.